It's the Daily Talk Show episode 916. And we got a special guest joining us today. Maddie J is the ambassador for Belvita. They've just released their new Australian made bakes and coconut bites. Welcome to the show, Maddie J. G'day, boys. How are we? Yeah, very Good. well. We were t- uh, Tommy and I were talking earlier about morning routines. I'm going to do a complete redo of my routine in 2021. What does yours you start, look like? Starting Jan, Jan 1, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, when yeah, all good job. morning routines <laughs> yeah, are built. Either that or the following Monday. Uh, what does is, what is your morning routine look like? My morning routine, it's been changing a lot the, the last few months, partly because it's all based around my daughter, Marley Mae. So, uh, so, at the moment, she's kind of waking up at 6.30 in the morning and we don't have a baby monitor. She's, um, she's just down the hallway. So, I don't even set an alarm anymore. I just hear these cries in the distance and I am normally the one now who's on baby duty in the mornings. So, um, so Laura is due now with our second baby in two months and so, I let her have a little sleep and not to sound like I'm being... <laughs> You're a hero. You're a hero. I mean, I mean <laughs> she, is, she is making life right now. So, I let her have yeah. an hour in bed extra because that's I'm just a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She's so going to grow that morning, right arm. <laughs> yeah. just, <you> know. <laughs> she often says, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm growing eyelids today. So, cut me some slack if I'm tired. Um, is that so actually morning, an iPhone? You know how there's like iPhone apps where it will say, "Ah, oh, like it's the size of a of a mango right. or whatever." Yeah, Do yeah. they actually say like it's growing eyelids, or they don't get down to that detail? Um, they're pretty specific. Um, <laughs> this time round, we haven't been following it as as much. But when we were uh, pregnant with Marley, I remember there was one day where Laura was looking at the app. Like every day, she was on the app, and mm. she was saying, "It's this big now, and this is how how how." Um, what kind of fruit it resembles. Mm-hmm. And there was one yeah. day where we were in the period where she was, um, the baby was developing uh, its sense of smell. And, yeah. uh, and like the blows, blows my mind. But second time round, you're like, whatever. <laughs> how, <laughs> how many months? How much Seven longer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, Maddie, I, we've, I've got a three and a half year old, but I remember we went, we sort of mixed it up between what bakery treat did the baby resemble, like the size ah. of a croissant or a, you know, not a baguette. Chocolate eclair. Oh, can I just, <laughs> just say very good pronunciation of croissant? <laughs> croissant, yeah, yeah. He does it. He's very international like that. Yeah, Ask him yeah, to say yeah. paella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but now, now, yeah, second time around, it's funny how you just, um, obviously, you've got a lot more going on. So, with the first pregnancy, it's like all your focus is just on that. Whereas now, mm. all my focus is on Marley. So, I'm like, you know, in the mornings, we'll wake up. She loves to read a book in the morning. We'll do that. And then uh, she loves going for a little walk to get a morning coffee. Um, so, like, all my attention now is on her. And I kind of I keep needing to remind myself that there is another bub in the oven right now. Like Laura just the other yeah. day was like, can you believe in two months there'll be, there'll be four of us? Yeah. And, I mean, you've talked about your morning routine, which it's just a paper and a coffee. You've tried to mix in that your daughter likes a book and a cup <laughs> yeah. of, you know, <laughs> little baby Chino. It's, it is great. I mean, my, my morning routine is now fending off my three-and-a-half-year-old from stealing treats out of the cupboard. He just wakes up first Animal. thing, ravenous, just needs to eat. It's, um, it's kind of nice. Oh, you, you've got a little boy. 
Your little boy, yeah, Bodie. Yeah, I feel like boys, boys, uh, they have a bigger appetite. Like my little nephew once ate three quarters of a of a family sized chicken pie by himself. <laughs> Where, whereas Marley's a lot more selective. So, uh, but it's it is it is nice. Um, in the mornings, just me and her, like daddy daughter time. That that yeah. to me is like that's that's what I reckon is most special. Uh, not uh, to go on too much of a tangent, but I heard on the babble you talked about uh, your toes and the fact that you have very fat toes. <laughs> uh, I actually have what's known as toe thumbs, so my thumb looks <gasps> both of them look like toes yeah is that wow. a genetic thing your your toes or can you can you tell us about them um look what well, i don't know if like i'll take the sock off <laughs> this is an exclusive and what's their morning routine to be honest <laughs> if like is that okay oh, just a little bit more. There to, we the go. Middle, to the middle keep going keep to, going i'll, geez, I'll, I'll cut there balance. we go there you go i'm gonna oh, oh it's yeah. not bad at all it's not too big is it? I mean, it's a good <laughs> angle. It's a good angle. It's a, it's a slim, slimming angle. Um, no, I think um, I look at my mum's feet and, mm-hmm. and I definitely inherited her hooves. They're not, um, they're not a beautiful toe. Sorry to my mum mm-hmm. if she's listening. <laughs> Do you get self-conscious about it? Like, would you be the guy to, you know, are you a sandal over a thong? Like, are you wearing socks with your sandals or have you been able to get comfortable with it? I, th- I think when I was... 14 i think one of my mates at the beach was like wow you've got you got big big toes and i was kind of like am i different what does this mean but now (laughs) i've now that i'm a a lot more mature i've learned to embrace them so uh so you know i'll even walk around barefoot is it just leading with it so you can't be called out on it? I mean, you've spent a lot of time being uh, filmed for reality TV. Was there anything that was pointed out for you that you were like, have built a complex about? Fuck, oh, no, they've seen my left earlobe. No, I, um, I have to bring it up in conversation. So if I, if I am outdoors and I'm barefoot, I'm like, Matt, nice to meet you. By the way, I've got a big, big toe. And, um, and then just get, get it out. People are like, what do you mean? I'm like, nothing. It's pretty hot, isn't it? Uh, I, I mean, I went as far as... My toe thumb has his own Instagram account. What? Uh, yeah, and so always yeah. trying to get a plug in, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's toe, toe th- thumb. Unders- I think he's got an underscore after it because I couldn't get just toe thumb. Because he no, because yeah. his thumb accidentally pressed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. too fat. Yeah, it, is, it, is, so it is very hard. Is that yeah. um, is that something that you're fearful of passing on to your children? Well, yeah, I think – well, so I, th- I always thought that I got it from my dad, but then I was looking at his thumb the other day and it's nowhere near as bad. So, yeah, I mean, uh, my girlfriend Brie and I were talking about if we were to have kids, the selecting of what we would want. So, she was like, I would like the baby to have my hair, yeah. have your skin, <laughs> but uh, it can get real mean real quick. What's wrong with my feet? My feet are fine. Well, I – it's funny because when, when Marley Mae was born, everybody said straight away, like, oh, she looks like Laura. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I feel like she's kind of, she's 16 months and she's, you know, changing a lot. She's no longer a baby. She's more of a toddler. And I feel like, and I don't know if this is wishful thinking, she's molding into me now. <laughs> like, I, uh, nothing makes me more proud when someone sees her and goes, wow, you guys look really similar. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. the dominant gene. I'm when you were... Over. Uh, before you became a dad, did you have 
an expectation of what you were going to be like as a dad and have you changed your mind on it? Yeah, it's funny. I, I remember really vividly, I was at my sister's house and she's got three kids and of my brothers and sisters, she was the one who had kids first and I was at her house playing with the kids and this is before Marley was, was around, this is before Laura was even pregnant and my sister said, you know, like, when do you want to have kids? And I was like, yeah, pretty soon. And she was like, you know, what kind of, like, what kind of dad do you reckon you'll be? And I was like trying to imagine what it would be like. And I guess it was, you know, because I had nieces and nephews, I was kind of like dipping my toe. Big for one of a toe. Bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dipped um, itself. <laughs> and so, I kind of like, I got like a little taste of what being a dad was like. And, you know, I, I um, I was, I remember think, thinking to myself, I want to be like a really silly dad. Like I don't want to mm. be, um, I, I see at the park sometimes there'll be a kid running around playing by himself and, and the dad will just be sitting there arms crossed and the kids like, you know, wanting so badly to like play like ninjas or, you know, um, any kind of game. And, and I'm almost like, I'll, I'll play with you, buddy. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I want to be very involved and, and I definitely don't want to be like a boring, mature dad i uh, i still think of myself as just like a big 14 year old and i think that's kind of how my parenting is at times well you, i mean you, you're young you're th- 33 are you going to get your um what your kids into nippers in bondi i used to live there uh, just across the road from the beach and i always thought oh that would be the best growing up doing something like nippers yeah i um well it's it's funny isn't it because you need to pick your sports quite carefully for your yep. kids <laughs> Because like nippers is great, nippers is perfect on the weekend. But how much first- cash can they make? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like maybe tennis. <laughs> I, yeah, I was um, I was thinking you know maybe maybe it's going to be cricket, but I'm like that's also a really big investment from from me as a dad <laughs> if she if she plays cricket. That's like that's my whole Saturday gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know which is concerning. So and I you need like, to play cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was so nippers is good. I um I actually. I cannot wait until she can start to swim out in the ocean and we can go surfing together. So that is yeah. that's something that I'm really looking forward to. But we, we've decided that uh, she will dance, will be a dancer, mm-hmm. but not ballet, no disrespect to the ballet community mm-hmm. out there. But um, she's going to be more of like a street funk type dancer. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So contemporary. No, this is great. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I, I remember having chats with my parents, my mum saying, how did, how did you and dad meet? And she's got a classic story of worked at a yoga center. My dad was like, this was back 50 years ago when men didn't do yoga. And if they did, they were gay. And so everyone thought yeah. my dad was gay at this yoga center. And that's how they've got this cute story. Have you had the chat with your young daughter about how you, you and mummy met? It's, uh, we have explained to her, obviously she's not, She's not digesting that information at all. But there's been a few times where, you know, when your phone gives you a, it like reminds you and says, oh, you know, this photo was taken on this day three years ago. And we had our finale, um, like anniversary, I guess you'd call it just recently. And, you know, whilst we were in bed, we got reminded of this photo and this video and we were watching it. Marley was in bed with us as well. So she was watching it and she was, you know, she was really transfixed on the screen of the mobile phone. And I did think it's going to be, it's going yeah. to be so weird when she does get to an age where she understands, you know, the concept of TV and reality TV <laughs> and, and how we have to explain to her that that's how mum and dad 
came to be and we're going to force you to watch our first date over <laughs> yeah. and over and over again. Daddy, why is your home videos such high production value? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy with the roses? <laughs> I need to... Um, I haven't, I've, I've been meaning to, to message Channel 10 and ask if I can get like a, a DVD copy burnt just in, <laughs> just, just in case like we can't get hold of it. I don't know. So, I, I'm yet I'm to get surely they're going to hold on to it. I don't think it's going to be some sort of situation in five years where like no one has a copy. Could you believe that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, you, like that's, you know, I, I yeah. wake up at night with cold sweats of the thought <laughs> of, of that season of The Bachelor being lost somewhere in the abyss of the internet. What's something that you had to learn uh, from a relationship perspective, having a relationship that was more sort of public facing or having public scrutiny? Were there any extra things that you had to do or think about as a couple? Um, do you know what? I think, um, I think early on, Laura and I were really, you know, we get spat out of that bubble and, and the finale happens and then, you know, all of a sudden normal life begins. And mm. it's such a weird time. You don't realise it at the time. You think that what's currently going on is going to be your life forever. But the first two or three weeks are just really, really crazy where, you know, we would drive somewhere and there'd be like three pap cars following us and then we'd get out of the car and they'd be like taking photos of us. And, you know, I kind of thought, well, this is this is my life now. You know, I'm going to be this this guy that just gets followed everywhere. And then and we didn't really, like, we didn't enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. it was um, kind of novelty and we'd laugh about it. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. it kind of sucks being down at the beach and having someone in the bushes taking a photo. But then we kind of realized that because we weren't really doing anything too scandalous, you know, the appetite for people to see more of us kind of start to dwindle. And that was really great because then the paparazzi stop and you kind of start to just get like a bit more of a, a normal life. But even mm. even now, uh, Daily Mail, bless their, their soul. Um, even now, I remember like a few times I'd release an, an article that was like, uh, before we got engaged, like they would say, Matt and Laura have a secret wedding. And, uh, and my uncle would message me and be like, well, thanks very much. <laughs> well, cheers for the invite. <laughs> and I would be like, no, it's not true. It's not true. And, and um, you have to keep reminding, um, you know, friends and family that what gets printed is not always true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely the big one. Well, I mean, they were on to you with the baby. Uh, and I mean, this is always a speculation. Did they know before you told it? Had you? Yeah. Do you know, do you know what? I, I I don't know how they work. I don't know how they operate. But they're. It was um, your uncle. He called them. Yeah. Well, if I'm not invited to the you, wedding, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking spilling the beans on you, Matty Jay. But um, but what was what was crazy is that we um before Marley uh, Laura was pregnant, but we unfortunately lost lost that one, um and we we never announced that one um but Laura was was pregnant, and we were hopping into the car and we happened to uh, have this paparazzi um walk by, and and we told like nobody like my mum knew and that was like that was it like not even my best friend. And he came up and said, so when are you guys going to announce the pregnancy? And, uh, and instantly Laura and I looked at each other and like, you know, had a shocked face and we're thinking, shit, like, how does this guy know? And mm. I don't know if he did know or if 
he was maybe just like saying it to get a reaction <laughs> to see if he knew. But it's a bit like a medium; they just sort of put <laughs> stuff out there and see yeah. what lands. <laughs> yeah, so we, you know, we were like, oh, actually, and then um, a couple of articles were written, um, but even then, we had like a twelve-week scan, and we're in, in the the, um, the radiologist or radiography, whatever you call them, uh, yeah, in yeah. the waiting room. And the girl behind the reception was like, oh, my gosh, it's oh, no. you guys. <laughs> and she's like, can, can, I, can I get a photo? <laughs> and we, <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. And we were like, um, oh, I don't want to sound like a dick, but no. <laughs> and, um, and then I was like, oh, like, maybe just get one with me. And, and then we, yeah. were, we were like, oh, shit, is she going like, to post that? We don't want to have Did a, she want a know, photo our- with the scan as well, her holding it up <laughs> sort of in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah they they just they know, i don't know how they i'm like do they have my phones tapped but then again i'm like not to i'm not big enough to, to warrant my phones being tapped or am i <laughs> so what was it like then because i heard that you um heard you mentioning on the babble that you uh worked yeah like agency life and you were doing spreadsheets and stuff like that so what was like pre-reality show maddie and then post was it just like is it completely different and was your toes yeah, still the same size? <laughs> <laughs> toes were still the same, uh, still very humble. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, I, re- I love agency life. Like I, mm. I really enjoyed it. And um, my, uh, my job in the UK was um, I specialised in sponsorship. So if you're a brand and you want to sponsor something, you come to me and I tell you what would be the best thing to sponsor. So, uh, for example, is sponsoring the soccer or rugby going to be better? And I would do the strategy behind uh, what would get better return and and um, and what that would look like. But you know, it was very normal. Except I was working in Barangaroo, which is near the city in Sydney, um, and I was working full time when the show was on air. And in one of the big buildings, there's um, a little cafeteria downstairs where they have you know like six different um, food places and it was funny that slowly as the show got closer to being on air people would stop and ask for a photo and then uh, that would ramp up more and more and more as we got closer towards the finale to the point where I had to send someone to go down and get me food because it was (laughs) um, you know if I went down there I'd have a photo taken and another photo and another photo and it would just be you know like be too much so I I, um and I, but it's, it happens quite slowly and it's funny how used to it you get. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just acclimatise to the situation. All of a sudden, you know, being asked by a random person for a photo just becomes totally normal. Any sort of hard conversations <clears throat> with the your employer? Because uh, our mate Tully Smythe, who was on Big Brother, I believe didn't tell her boss and then one day she was just in the Big Brother house, which is probably Couldn't, not the best way. To. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not like the, no. the best way to go, but she never came I, back, I don't believe. Um, I, was, I was pretty upfront. At the time, um, I was working for Peugeot, the car brand. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And... The interview process was like six different interviews and it was so, what, so to, drawn out. to work out. for Peugeot or for <laughs> <Yeah>. Bachelor? <laughs> to, to work, actually, it was harder to work for Peugeot than it was to get on the back. Bachelor was two interviews and, I, and that was it. I was picked. Whereas Peugeot took forever and then, you know, then you have a two-week induction process and it's just like, ah, oh, come on, guys. What was and the role finally, and what were you doing and what was the, um, what are they asking in the interviews? Did you a test drive? Uh, yeah, it was just like, uh, like just, you know, 
like I, I, I met like six different people every single time. Like I go to an mm-hmm. interview and I'm like, who, like, who are you? And like, yeah. why am I chatting to you now? And it was just the same questions, but I was, I was head of partnerships mm-hmm. at Peugeot. Um, hey, not to <laughs> toot my own horn with an impressive role, but, <laughs> um, but then after I'd been there for two weeks, then the phone rang and it was the bachelor and they asked if I wanted to come for an interview. And I did that, entertain the thought thinking like nothing's, nothing's going to come of it. And then, I went for another interview and ended up getting it. And I went to a guy called Dimitri, who was the marketing director. And I was like, mate, I'm so sorry. I've just been offered this role. And I know I've gone through all this interview process and the induction process, but I'm going to go on the show if that's okay. And he was, he was actually really supportive. He was like, do it hundred percent. You'll always regret it if you don't. Um, but HR at Peugeot fucking hated me. <laughs> I had to go in there and be like, hey, I'm going to go on reality TV. I'm so sorry. And, and they were filthy, filthy at me. Did you, um, I mean, you're not working at Persia anymore. Did you get to keep your job or you were, that was a line in the sand, I'm out? No, and then afterwards uh, I called them up and they were like, sorry, pal, the, the role's been filled. Um, but I, I remember it's um, Blake from the other season of The Bachelor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's run um, out of luck. I remember, I remember after the show, I was, you know, there was a few moments where I was like, you know, well, do I become like a media personality now? Like, mm. is that who I am, or do I go back to normal life? You know, it's it's almost like this fork in the road mm. moment where I think someone even called it. You know, you're like after reality TV, you're you're too famous to go back to your normal job but not famous enough to get a job in the media. Um, you're kind of in this weird like no man's land but I, um, I went back to normal work um, straight away. Yeah. Like two, day, uh, two weeks after we finished filming the finale, I was back working in uh, agencies. Was it a hard, a hard transition? Um, I think it was good. You know, I, mm-hmm. think, um, I think there's a lot of anxiety that comes with being on reality TV and I think for those people who don't have a distraction like a full-time job, you know, where you're getting sucked into reading all the comments on social media and you're, you're sucked into reading all the headlines that get, you know, mm-hmm. put out there, I think that would really tear you up. So, I, I love that I had a full-time job to distract me from everything else. Mm-hmm. What's What's been the perspective shift since having the baby? You know, so you meet on The Bachelor and then you're you're in the real world and now you have a kid and there's nothing that sucks you into the real world like having a child. What's the shift internally for you that you've made uh, <clears throat> looking back on the past and where you're at now? I think um, I think being a dad or being, you know, being a parent, it's funny how there is nothing in this world that gives you more joy than seeing your child happy. You know, I, I, mm. I think... Um, seeing Marley May have a smile on her face and like taking her to the zoo, which for me doesn't really rock my boat. But if it makes Marley happy, like she is the number one priority without question in my life and Laura's life. And so it's funny how, how this little being just completely takes over your entire world. And it's like, it's instant, you know, it's, it's, um, it's crazy how quickly it happens. It's, you know, like, as soon as they come out, it's just like a switch in your head just goes and all of a sudden they are everything for you. Is there much anxiety mm. around trying to be a good parent or what it means to be a good parent? Yeah, I think, um, I think you know, there are, there are days where Marley's amazing and she's just so easy and she's well-behaved and she eats well and goes to bed on time and, like, everything's great. But then there's other days where 
you're a bit tired and, you know, work's been a bit crap and um, she's being a nightmare and you get, you know, a bit cranky and you're short-tempered and you put them to bed and then you're sitting on the couch and, like, they're so quiet and peaceful now because they're asleep and you go through and you look at photos of them and you're like, oh, I should have been, I should have been more patient with them, you know, I... You know, I, I shouldn't have got cranky and I should have played with her a bit more before she went to bed. And you do get the guilt, I think, sometimes as a parent. Um, and it's only when they're asleep and they're peaceful because then when she wakes up and she's crying, you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what about but yeah. you? Do, yeah, you no, after sorry, you. dude. I was going to say, you do, as a, as, a, as a parent, I think you do put a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect all the time and have every single day be a good day, which is, you know, never going to happen. Uh, what about your relationship with Laura? How has that um, changed, evolved since having number one? And then we can ask you number two in a couple of months' time, see what's happened. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think it can be really easy, you know, when you have kids to not prioritise your relationship as much. I think because, you know, Laura's working full-time, she's got loads on her plate and I'm, you know, trying to hustle as much as I can with work and and then – in between that, you know, we're trying to, you know, look at buying a new house and everything else is happening so quickly that all of a sudden, you know, a month, months can go by where we haven't really prioritised the time that we spend together. You know, you know, we often talk about getting a babysitter and going out for dinner and just having some time where it's just me and her. And yet, because it's not really essential, it's not critical, so it always just gets pushed back to like the end of the bottom of the to-do list. So now we need to make, you know, Laura and I, we really make a conscious effort to, to spend time with each other. And even though we, we break this rule all the time, but, you know, often we try and enforce a rule of no mo- mobile phones after 7 o'clock when Marley goes to bed so we can just, you know, be with each other. And, again, like we, we, there, are, there are nights when we, bro- when we break that rule, but, um, but that's, that's the big one. What's your relationship like with social media? Do you find that, you know... Do you, do you have a negative perspective or are, are you able to sort of be a bit detached? I used to, um, I think I probably had like a bit of an identity crisis where I was like, you know what, like what am I? I don't really work in marketing anymore and um, I'm not really like in media, I'm not on TV um, and I'm like I don't want to call myself an influencer because, I, you know, I think, they have, influence is such a dirty word. Like, you know, no one, no one really wants to be an influencer. And um, I think I was probably... But everyone wants influence. That's the weird <laughs> yeah, thing about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's this weird double-edged sword, isn't it? And then um, <clears throat> I think uh, I was probably trying after the show to be like too perfect, you know, to like, you know, take a, a beautiful topless shot. And then I'm like, that's what people might want to see. So that's what I'll give them. Um and I didn't really, I didn't love it. Like, you know, it was like, you know, doing a stage shot or trying to get the perfect shot down the beach. Kind of, it sucks. Um, and so lately I've kind of been trying to do more like comedy and more mm-hmm. skits. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that actually I found that people enjoy that more than anything else, like relatable content that's just silly and fun. Was there or a moment you- at all? Is there, is there a moment where you decide, hang on, I like this isn't serving me or like what's the point of, of this? Yeah, I think probably the first skit that I ever did, um, I helped out with this in a, this event called the Undies, People's Choice Undies Run for Bowel Cancer. And it's in Adelaide where people run in their undies around this course, all raising money for those who have been affected by bowel cancer. And they were like, could you do something to help promote it? Like just, you know, just a shot of you in your undies. 
um, like a still photo would be perfect. And I kind of thought, wouldn't it be funny if it was this guy like training for the Olympics at a proper athletics track and then slowly he starts taking off more and more clothes until he's down into his undies and then he's, you know, he's then ordering coffee at the cafe in his undies. And, um, and I was like, I went to them and said, can I film this? And they were like, yeah, great, do what you want. <laughs> and I did it and it got like a thousand comments and people were like, this is really funny. And I was almost just seeing the engagement then I kind of thought, well, maybe I should do more of this. And I think from that moment on, you know, I was like, I, I want to do more, more skits. Did you think, you know, way back in agency life, is that something that you were even into mucking around doing video content like that or is it no, literally just no. based on the new where you've landed? Yeah, not really. I don't think, I mean, like other than just mucking around with mates, I, um, I never did anything like that at all. But I guess one thing I did do a lot of was, you know, when in agency life when a client would give me a brief and I'd try and figure out like, well, what's your marketing object- objective and what are you trying to do? So now I, that's transitioned to to life as, you know, a content creator uh, where I'm like, well, how can I make a funny video but also then weave in uh, a product? You're new to TikTok. What have you learnt being there? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Not, not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> General consensus. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I do. I love TikTok because I think it's really – I think it's changed the way people consume content and what kind of content they consume. I think now people really have an appetite for just silly content that makes them laugh instead of, you know, people posting a really beautiful shot that makes when you want, when you see that, it kind of makes you feel a bit, you know, shit inside. Whereas now making people laugh is like the priority with, with TikTok, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a good um, skill to be able to see what sort of what gets people going, what gets people laughing. Mm. What have you found that um, is your sense of humour? What's the Matty J sense Actually, of humour? Do you know what's gone really well for me, uh, which, <laughs> which I never would have imagined this, um, but me dressed as a woman is, yeah, is yeah. you're going to become without, Christian Hull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> you could do a collab. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting for him to message me to go like, "Hey, dude, stop, <laughs> stop stealing my material." But, um, but do you remember the flick the switch challenge where you're a couple? Oh, in yes, the yeah, 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 yeah. And the lights go off and they come back on. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, outfits have changed. Yeah. And Laura and I did that, and it just went like it got like six hundred thousand views. And I, you know, I was like, at the time, Addicted Laura was going like, through a whole wardrobe now. <laughs> I'm like, babe, I'm not going to wear your top. It's, you know, it's stupid. I'm not going to wear a wig and put lipstick on. Whereas now I'm like, babe, where's your mascara? Where is it? Maybe maybe getting your daughter to put makeup on your face could be the next sort of funny oh, tutorials. Fun. Oh, it's, yeah, it, that's going to happen. But it's my, the other day we were, film, we were filming one and uh, I was in a wig and Marley had woken up for a nap and she came out and she's looking at me and she's like, I, I know you're my dad in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, part of me is like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm a dad and I'm 33 and I'm doing TikTok videos in, in drag. <laughs> you were telling us um, off air that you were doing stuff with Belvita. What have you been working on? Yeah, so we, um, yeah, it's great when brands are happy to just give me creative freedom to do whatever I want. And, uh, and we did one video uh, last month 
essentially, it was just me starting off my morning with a delicious Belvedere, and then I just dance around Sydney uh, <laughs> with my daughter and Laura in tow, who are very unimpressed. And um, and then they uh, they said we'd love to do another video, and I was like, well, I'd love to do a follow up dance video, um, which we shot just the other day. So it's uh, but this time Laura has a Belvedere as well and she starts dancing. So it's Laura and I dancing together like, at the Sydney Opera House and Laura's there like, I don't want to do this. And we, it was a wide shot. So our, our guy who was filming it was like 200 metres away or 100 metres away. And so, it was, so no one knew that we were being filmed. You know, sometimes it's easy when there's a camera there and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, see yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, But my friend, I was on, his, on my mobile and he's like, cool, I've got the shot, so start filming. Uh, start dancing and so Laura and I are going nuts and people around us were like are these are these people okay <laughs> like do they need help and there was like a wedding as well that was having you know a beautiful bridal party having their photos done and they were looking at us being like oh my gosh like we're ushering the children away from us mm-hmm. as we're dancing around Sydney so Laura was like why like why the hell did I end up with someone like you <laughs> <laughs> because I gave you the rose and then <laughs> the rest is history this um, is it yeah what do you feel like in those moments? Is that is that confidence that you you're bringing, or it's just like you're kind of suppressing how you're feeling about the awkward moment and just leaning in? No, I, I both Laura and myself, we we like we hated it. We hate hated that moment of um, <laughs> even because we it was the weekend just gone. The weather was so beautiful. It was like you know heat wave hit, and we filmed down at Bondi Beach as well on a Sunday. As you can imagine, it was just so busy. And uh, and doing that in front of other people is just like nothing brings me more anxiety than that. Like I remember, I remember waking up when we we had the film, and I was like, oh, t- like today's the day we're going to do this. <laughs> but it's what people like to see. Like people yeah. love that awkwardness. Have you uh, taken the learnings from the partnership roles and things like that, being on the other side and being the guy that's actually sort of executing on things and being, you know, talent, what have you, um, what have you learned from that? I think, um, I think people now, I think like the golden era of social media has ended, you know, like gone are the days of someone giving Kim Kardashian like a million dollars for one post and that then creating a business. Mm-hmm. I think people now are so much more savvy to branded, in, you know, collaborations on social media. And people are now kind of turn, turned off it a little bit. So I think viewers really want something in return. Like you've got to, you've got to give them something if you're going to do something branded. So it's either got to be really informative and, um, and give them information that they didn't already have, like, you know, a tutorial or something like that, or it needs to give them entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm really lucky that I get to work with Belveda, who have a great product, but also are happy to, to, to produce content in a way which is just really fun and vibrant. It's sort of like um, a bit of a new category, don't you think? Like Tommy was trying, uh, trying the um, what the coconut bites, and yeah. I've never been like a cereal guy. Like I, I don't like milk with things or whatever. And I feel like there's with not- coffee though. You like it with coffee? Yeah, yeah. I like it with coffee or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I've never been like a like you know put cereal in a bowl, fill it with milk type of thing. And I feel like this is the perfect combo where it's. I'm not having to, to have that. I'm oh. literally just eating it, you know. Mate, there, there is – I wake up in the morning and other than seeing my daughter, I'm most excited about eating yeah. for me. And I, <laughs> I eat, I've got a very fast metabolism. So, I, I'll always have 
a big bowl of porridge. But then by like nine o'clock, I'm like, cool, what's next? My tummy is like, come on, dude. Like, let's like, give me more, give me yeah. more. So, um, having a, having a cheeky little bite or one of the, their bars, like, mm-hmm. there is nothing in this world that's more delicious with a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite flavor of the coconut bites? Look, big fan of the chocolate. Plenty of time for chocolate. <clears throat> Got a very Dark big sweet tooth. You can't mm. go wrong with chocolate, but uh, but there's the uh, the fig, which is mm. you know like a bit more of a, a fruity flavour. So yeah. mm. I'll sometimes do the uh, the fig in the morning as like my mid morning snack, and then and even then like after dinner I'll then treat myself to like, a little bit of cheeky chocolate. <laughs> oh yeah, Have you, dark, um, dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, dark. Like it feels like you you know being real good when you have a bit of bit of dark choc. The um, you going. No, you go, you go. Uh, I was going to go talk about COVID for a second. What it, I saw a video of you at the start, it must be the start of the year, or it was sort of looking ahead and it was, you know, all positive and like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this and that and maybe start saving and, you know, all this sort of stuff. 2020. How, yeah, <laughs> how has yeah. 2020 been for you? What have you, what have you learned about yourself? It's been um, – for us and our household, it's really been a case of feast and famine. Because mm-hmm. um, I was I was hosting a TV show called Luxury Escapes, and we were two weeks away from shooting for three months. So like the the entire season was going to be shot in this really tight window. And I remember looking at the news, being like, "Oh, babe, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go." Like it looks, it's getting pretty serious. And then eventually, you know, all international travel was just shut down, and, and the shows now being officially canned, um, which is a real bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, all of a sudden, you know, I had three months of work just taken away. It was wiped. And on the other end of the spectrum, Laura's got a jewellery label and and she was really worried as well. She was like, you know, I've just – she just launched a brand new range, so she had all this stock, you know, hundreds of um, – thousands of dollars worth of stock and, uh, and she was freaking out. And then all of a sudden – you know, JobKeeper came through and people just wanted retail therapy and, and she's had the busiest six months in nine years of being in business. So, wow. um, so it's, it's definitely shifted. I think um, I, pro- I probably underestimated how hard it would have been to be away from the family for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a bit of a blessing to be able to be more of a stay-at-home dad when I thought I was going to be working. So, you know, um, I think I've been a lot more hands-on um, and I, I think, you know, as, as a guy, I think there is that mentality of like, well, no, I've, I've got to be the breadwinner. I've got to earn more money than, than my partner. But now, you know, the fact that she's earning lots of money and doing really well, you know, I know that that's the most important thing is that we're, we're being successful. Yeah. I mean, what a year. It has been crazy. I mean, would you take it, would you do the now with sort of what you felt about not going away for the three months? Would you go and do a three-month stint? Yeah, I, I reckon now, now knowing how, especially when your kids are young, because a lot happens in a month for a, you oh, know, for yeah. a one-year-old, you know, like all of a sudden they go from crawling to walking and, you know, they're saying their first words. And I think, I think now knowing that I could be away and I could miss all those moments, I think that's something that I would really struggle with. So, I think now... I've come to have, you know, come to accept the fact that uh, being like a travel host for me is probably not going to happen um, mm. again, like on an international scale, uh, which, 
on the one hand is upsetting, but at the same time, it, it allows me to be more of a dad, which is mm-hmm. more important yeah. than anything else. Have yeah. you thought about like, um, so I guess the modern day travel presenter, like the getaway type of thing, all of that sort of stuff, that's, that's probably starting to transition out and there's obviously travel vlogging and things like that. Have you thought about doing vlogs? Well, we've done, that was a lot of my work. Like we, mm-hmm. uh, we worked with, with a lot of tourism boards. So we, um, uh, before COVID, you know, we would, we would work with like New Zealand tourism. We would go there for a week. Um, we would shoot content um, that we put on my page and Laura's page, but also then gave that content to the brand as well. Um, so that was kind of like, yeah, it was like the new age, mm-hmm. um, way of promoting destinations was not through mm. TV shows as such, but through social media. Um, but now even that's kind of come to a bit of an end internationally mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. 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 I mean, you see the, the people, the big YouTubers that don't end up relying on a brand. They just have a channel that's got so much attention that they just, it becomes their own TV shows. Imagine like you guys just having your own show that is, you know, I, I guess it's then how much do you want to pull your daughter into the reality show side mm-hmm. of things? Have you thought about that as a parent? Like what you want to not expose but sort of, you know, allow others to be able to consume of, of your daughter? Yeah, we got we got approached to do by one of the networks to do a reality TV show and and, you know, it's hard because you're like, well, this is, you know, this is it's it's work it's money um Mm. it's also you know you're out there you know in the spotlight which is maybe it's not a bad thing and then we're like but do we you know marley doesn't have a choice to be exposed to that and then we were also like we don't do enough that warrants a reality tv show like it's you know (laughs) life is it's pretty boring to be honest it's very normal (laughs) and um you know is it was it newlyweds with um Oh, yeah, Jessica with Jessica Simpson, Simpson and, and yeah, Nicola Shea. Yeah. That yeah, was a great show. Well. No, they no. Hollywood superstars and like yeah. huge international singers were, you know, it's like I'm a guy who worked in marketing. You're like, that's, is that going <laughs> to, are people going to watch that? Like, I pro- probably not. So we ended up saying no to it. Um, and, you know, at the time we're like, is this the right thing to do? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is this going to be our ticket to something bigger? But, um, but I think it's, it was probably the right thing uh, not to be involved because I think you do want to um, even like uh, I remember looking at some people who had filmed their, like the childbirth, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I was like. Six angles Laura, with GoPros. You know? Yeah, literally I was like, is that, should, like, should we be doing that? Is that uh-huh. something that, that's expected of us? And she mm-hmm. was like, shut up. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are not filming my childbirth. Yeah. Um, uh, on the on the re- reality stuff, do do you consu- do you watch reality TV yourself? Do you do you, yeah. are you a consumer? Yeah, I um, I think it's a bit like you know when you um when you play a sport, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden when you play a sport, you enjoy it a lot more. Uh, you enjoy watching yeah. it a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did think maybe maybe I wouldn't like reality TV because I've I've been involved in it. Um, but I, I love it. I love, mm-hmm. I love, like, you know, I love MasterChef. I love maths. I, uh, I can't wait for maths to come out um, next year. You know, I, I still watch every season of The Bachelor and even The Block right now. Like, I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with The Block, SAS Australia. I, I'm like, I'm now more into reality TV than ever before. What do you, what's your perspective as someone who's been on it? What do you, what intrigues you about it? Uh, 
I don't know. I think it's um, I think it still still now. Like I look at I look at like uh, SAS Australia, you know, and I think it's just it's just crazy how raw some of this programming is now. Like you know, there was one episode with Shannon who's a PT got hypothermia to the and this is on SAS Australia to the point where after we came to like after he kind of got back his body warmth he couldn't remember anything about what had just happened and like you're sitting there on, on your couch with a you know bit of popcorn being like this is <laughs> this is good viewing yeah it's just you know there's something really enjoyable about watching someone else go through a situation um whether it be heartache or whether it be happiness or elation whatever it is and you can just tap into that for a moment but from the comfort of your own home mm. Uh, when it comes to all these different deals and working out whether you're going to do, you know, one project or another, I guess there's a lot of sort of money stories that we all have in regards to how we view money, how we sort of, you know, our relationship with it. What is your relationship like with money? I, yeah, it's funny because now, now, especially right now, because we are trying to buy a house, and then I think it's only when you get to that milestone moment that you really look at your finances with a fine-tooth comb, and you're like, "Shit, I wish I saved a bit more <laughs> when I was when I was younger." Um, but I think, I think even with with you know with Laura and myself, we're driven not by the money as such, but more so you know by the product that we create. So for Laura, it's her podcast and her jewelry. And for, for me, it's the content, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather produce a video um, that I made $5 from, but got heaps of views. And everyone loved it versus getting paid $10,000 and doing something that no one watched and everyone hated it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, but then at the same time, there's that balance because, you know, I've got to put food on the table as well. Yeah. Mm. Marley Mays had to cut her um, baby chinos for the house. Over <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Marley May. You will not be playing any sport because I can't afford it. We're going to buy that house. Yeah. If you, like uh, buying a house, I feel like is uh, seems like such a stressful experience or like uh, my girlfriend and I like even just talking about it over the weekend and thinking about, okay, if we think about the next two years and trying to do it, there's a lot of things, you know, that you got to start to think about and then it's just like it seems like such a big commitment. What's what surprised you through the process? Yeah, it's funny cuz I never thought I would leave Bondi. Like I love Bondi more than anything, but now I realize that I can't afford to live or buy in Bondi. <laughs> and so we're we're looking at moving down south, so you know, to real suburbia type area and and you know, we're doing that now not because it's an area that I really want to live in. You're doing it because it's what's going to be best for the kids. So it's you know, whereas before I would have looked at you know a nice apartment, a couple of bedrooms close to the beach, walking distance to the water would be delicious. But now mm-hmm. um, it surprised me how much I'm happy to let go of what's important to me and focus on what's important for the kids. Yeah, Dad of the year. Shift, Listen to that. <laughs> yeah, Listen yeah, to no. that. You are you are a hero. <laughs> That's what I'm taking away. Hey, your, your words, not mine. <laughs> Maddie J, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. It's been great, great chatting with you, dude. I really enjoyed that. Thanks, boys. Thank you, and yeah, uh, you also have created a, a Spotify playlist for oh. Belvita, the Bright Morning 
playlist. I was listening to a few of the tunes. Uh, Africa by Toto. Mate, you've got some good taste. Uh, there's, some, there's some bangers in there. There's some bang- <laughs> that, that took me I, – I, I probably spent far too long. Like, Laura would be like, it's one in the morning. Come to bed. And I'm like, I'm like no, I've got to find the right track to put in here. I put Nirvana in there and I'm not sure if it's the right fit. Oh, it's eclectic. It's an eclectic mix. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah I love it. Awesome. Thanks, Maddie. Been a pleasure, boys. Thanks so much. It's a daily talk show. See you tomorrow, guys. Have a good one. See you guys.